0: Greetings, people of Earth. You have stumbled upon Voluntucky, the podcast that is all about creating a voluntarist world in Kentucky. And when I say Kentucky, I am referring to the geographic location, not the boundaries and territory of a particular set of thugs. Podcasts with a libertarian slash anarcho-capitalist perspective are already very different from other podcasts, but this one will be different even among them, because I am not here as a commercial for voluntarism. I am not here to change your mind or to convince you that voluntarism is the way to go. I am here to speak to those who already understand this. Welcome to episode 20. Today, I'm going to be talking about building your local Voluntarist community and some things I've done along the way and some of my successes and failures and a lot of the things I'll be saying here are going to be more directed at my local Voluntarist community and those who are already living here in Pulaski County or close by, but I think everybody can glean a little insight on how to get their local Voluntarist together from the things I'm going to talk about here today. Just knowing each other online isn't going to be enough in the long run. If we're going to each have each other's backs, first we're going to have to have each other's phone numbers. (laughs) We're going to have to share a cup of coffee or a beer or a meal or two together face-to-face on a semi-regular basis. That doesn't mean that everybody needs to be everybody else's best friend. But we do need to be acquainted. And if friendships develop from that, even better. I can give you a little insight on a method that I basically stumbled across that had the side effect of getting a good bit of local attention. And letting other local voluntarists know that I exist and that there is a local voluntarist movement that they can be a part of. And I didn't even do this for the purpose of building the local voluntarist community, but that did happen because of it. And that now has me searching for a similar opportunity to repeat that process. And what I did was I found something that a lot of local people were already passionate about, and I made a video uh, telling why I agreed with them. And people love it when you agree with them. <laughs> Especially when you agree with them on, on something that they're against. But I finished up the video with the reasons I agreed based on a voluntarist point of view. And that video was very well received. A couple months back, the mayor of Somerset had this big push for annexation of parts of the county into the city limits. And there were already a lot of people who were against this before I even heard about it because I just don't follow politics locally or nationally. So long story short, the the mayor made this video that he put out on Facebook where he cited all these reasons why this annexation would be a good thing and how the people of Pulaski County had the freedom to choose what would happen and I went over that video with a fine-tooth comb and I made my own video where I basically destroyed his argument piece by piece and I spent that first uh, four or five minutes playing the political game that everyone is used to playing and speaking that political language that they all already know how to speak then I spent the next four or five minutes Explaining why that entire game is bullshit and that the only reason that the mayor or city council could possibly annex your property against your will is because this game exists where we pretend that our property rights are dependent upon a popularity contest. And I had a sign uh, made, which was the, the uh, ANCAP flag with the good ideas, don't require force, set up next to me. And so uh, the voluntarists were paying attention because they knew what was probably coming. But uh, that video got over 5,000 views and I think 117 shares. And this was on a local issue. There's no reason this would have even been of interest to, to anybody who doesn't live in the area. So, uh, I've had a Facebook page called Pulaski County Voluntarist for a couple of years. And I've found people to add to that by basically micro-networking friends of friends. And whenever I found someone expressing voluntarist-like views, I would invite them to the page. And there have probably been as many people who have either left the page or been dismissed from the page... As there are still on it. It's not a huge group. It's like uh, 60 people at the moment. And I'll occasionally go through and see who's not even seeing the posts anymore for whatever reason. And remove them from the group. Uh, Just like here, I'm focused on quality, not quantity. So the annexation got squashed. And my video had a whole lot to do with that. A day or two later, the mayor made another video where he announced that they were sidelining the annexation issue, and even though he didn't say it or, or mention me, it sounded like he was responding directly to the things I spoke about. So now I'm just itching for the next big push from our local involuntary government to try to expand their tentacles into the lives of the people of this county. So I can have another reason to spread that message of how any system that makes that possible has no right to exist. I've talked a lot about uh, making lemonade and using the environment that involuntary government creates to your advantage. And this was a classic example of how to make lemonade. And that that was really the only mass outreach I've done besides the podcast. And it wasn't even intentional. I was just telling how I felt about the situation and it sort of went viral on a local level. But uh, I got quite a few local friend requests and requests to join the page because of that video. And that wound up with like a dozen more people on the local voluntarius page. Which isn't insignificant for a local movement. I'm always trying to uh, tighten the group up. So, uh, ever so often, I'll have a get-together at my house, by invitation only, of local friends that are part of the Voluntarist Movement. And I do this not just for the purpose of enjoying each other's company, but because it seems like not many of us really know each other personally. Uh, I want those friends to become friends, or or to at least know each other. This is a, a microcosm of the Voluntucky Project. And I I try to let this happen organically, so it's not like an organized play date. But maybe I need to make it more like an organized play date, because some of us are so overly self-conscious when we're in groups, because we've basically been psychologically beaten into submission, and we don't talk about the things we really want to talk about, because the things we want to talk about aren't considered acceptable party banter (laughs) and uh, i I think it's for that same reason that many of us just don't go to these get-togethers but it's like someone needs to grab y'all by the wrist and put your hands together and say bob this is steve (laughs) he also wants to end the fed (laughs) now y'all go play (laughs) getting y'all to take it upon yourselves to do that is it's like pulling teeth (laughs) uh... individuals can be somewhat hard to predict but groups are a bit easier and the larger the group the easier they are to predict over the years i've sort of figured out how to predict how many are going to show up if you invite sixty you're going to have about twenty who will give you a maybe and and twelve who will give you a definite and eight who actually show and six of those eight are going to be the people who told you they would definitely show up, and two of them are going to be from the people that told you maybe. (laughs) And I have no idea who the eight out of 60 will be, but I know that if I only invite eight, then I'll be very lucky to get one person to show up. And I understand that sometimes life gets in the way, but most of the time it isn't some unpredictable situation that keeps people from showing. The main thing that keeps people from showing up is that fear of social situations that comes from too many encounters with normies who smile and nod politely when you start talking about anarchist and voluntarist ideas, and then you just never get invited back. <laughs> Ask me how I know. <laughs> I'm a very social creature, but the more comfortable I get around you, the more I'm going to open up about my ideas and my normie friends just stop inviting me over. And I'm cool with that. It's not like we hate each other. We just aren't as comfortable in each other's company once we get past the initial niceties of a new friendship. But I know that I'm also not the only person who experiences this. and. Us weirdos need a safe space where we can associate with one another. And if you're a normie who slips through the cracks and winds up at one of my parties, then you're going to feel like the outcast. It's not like uh, anyone is trying to make you feel like the outcast. It just It's just the same side effects of being the oddball that we experience at your get-togethers. Um, besides that social awkwardness that holds people back, I think there's also an underlying hopelessness when it comes to creating a real voluntarist community. People assume it can't be done, so they won't try. And there's this tendency when you're told no a thousand times to just stop asking. And it's tough to be objective enough to realize it's a numbers game. If you're looking for that other one in a million person, then you're going to have to get a million no's to get a yes. That's just the numbers the way it is. But most of us just can't get through those first couple hundred no's before we lose all hope that a yes is ever going to happen. You ever see that movie, (laughs) The 40-Year-Old Virgin? It's a lot like that. (laughs) But instead of Uh, being about getting laid it's about creating a voluntary community and we basically self-sabotage instead of like uh, Steve Carell's character uh, we respect women so much we stay completely away from them (laughs) we respect the rights of others to have their own opinions so much that we never even ask them what their opinions are and we do this because every time we ever did try to compare ideas with other people in a face-to-face encounter In the best case, they think we're crazy, and in the worst case, they want to kick our ass. (laughs) So we just stop. So what I'm trying to do is be that guy who has done the legwork for you, who has already weeded through the mindless masses to find the people that you're compatible with. And it is a considerable effort, for sure. Um, If you want to do what I'm doing in your local community... You can't be the guy who gives up after failing a few thousand times. You have to be too stupid to realize it's impossible. And yes, ladies and gents, I am that guy. (laughs) I am that stupid. (laughs) So uh, let's, let's use a little bit of the Austrian school division of labor here. Just like you don't have to go foraging for food in the wild anymore, you don't have to go foraging for voluntarist friends either. You're free to do that, but you can also just let someone who's thick-skinned enough to handle the rejection do that for you so you don't have to. Um, If you're not that person in your community, then find the guy or gal who is. And if you can't find that person or be that person, then you're just not going to have a voluntarist community there's no real way around that unless you want to figure out how to become that person or already have a friend that you can coax into becoming that person. We've all been invited to those gatherings of any kind where uh, we think about going, maybe I'll go. I'd like to. If it happens to be perfectly convenient for me (laughs) if i don't happen to get caught in the middle of a netflix binge and decide to prioritize that instead it's it seems like the deciding factor for whether or not we'll go to some events is whether or not we happen to have just had the thought of man i'm bored tonight wonder if there's anything to do Like the moment before we happen to see something that reminds us, oh yeah, that thing's tonight. (laughs) And it's all fine and good if that's Vinyl Night down at the Jarfly. But no one's going to miss you there if you don't show up. But folks, if you're invited to a gathering specifically for voluntarists and you can't prioritize that and plan for it and be willing to pause your fucking Netflix and watch it later or plan ahead so that you're not in the middle of something when that time comes, then no voluntarist-based community is going to happen, and you can expect involuntary government to continue indefinitely. Uh, There aren't many of us. If you're not there, it's noticed. Before we can get together for the big things, we have to be able to get together for the small things. We can't ever have a tight network until we first have a loose network. But it's up to you how involved you want to get in that. Maybe all you're looking for is just an environment where you can be yourself. Where it's not going to be assumed that you're part of the cult of statism. So you spend the whole time wondering if you should burst that bubble. Maybe the company of other voluntarists is all you're looking for. But you're not going to find that either unless you show up when you're invited. Now, I'm... I'm trying my best not to get preachy here. I don't want to be like that preacher that knows everybody hates going to church, so he tries to guilt everyone into showing up. <laughs> if you are one of the people who shows up, thank you. But I would hope and I believe you're showing up because you want to, not because you feel guilty if you don't. I don't want anybody to feel any kind of obligation to show up. I'm just baffled as to why so many of you don't seem to want to show up. Here's why I'm kind of baffled at some of our behavior. I'll have people who come who I'm not really sure if they self-identify as voluntarists. If they're just paying attention, then I'll invite them. But whether or not they are is between them and their own conscience. But I could see why someone who is kind of wishy-washy on some of the voluntarist ideas might not show up. You would expect that. Yet some of them do. Great. Come on down. What confuses the hell out of me are those people who seem to be on fire for voluntarism and are constantly complaining about how fucking brainwashed the world is and how the average normie just drives them crazy and they just want a world full of voluntarists. And how awesome it would be if everyone was voluntarist. But then they're given an invite to hang out with a bunch of voluntarists and somehow they find other things they would rather be doing. This makes absolutely no sense to me. There are people spending thousands of dollars in getting on planes and flying to Acapulco every February just to hang out with voluntarists. They're traveling days to go to events in Arizona or New Hampshire. Shit, they're building seasteads in the freaking ocean to try and create a state-free world. And some of us can't seem to make it to a fucking cookout on the other side of town. So, if you ever get tired of hearing me challenge your voluntarism and asking you whether or not that's what you really want or whether you're just bullshitting yourself, or whether you might just enjoy feeling like a helpless victim of the state, this is why I'm always challenging you. Our behavior is not matching our words. And I'm trying to figure out why that is. In in my experience, when people's actions don't match the things they claim to believe, sometimes it's because their beliefs are not actually what they say they are. And they don't necessarily even realize it. I think people often confuse believing in something with really wishing they could believe in something. They want to believe in voluntarism so bad that they convince themselves that they do. But they still have hang-ups. For me, part of being voluntarist is being thirsty for any challenge to my ideas. And that's how I correct my flaws. We should be hungry for that. And it took me a long time after deciding that I was a voluntarist to get rid of a lot of those hang-ups, and I could have done that so much faster with some friends around to challenge me. I'm still searching for those hang-ups. Like I'm always saying, if we could ever see our own blind spots, they wouldn't be blind spots. But there's a level of communication that is so much more effective when you're face-to-face and your personal progress can happen so much faster than it can online when you're having a conversation with a friend, face-to-face. In hindsight, there were all kinds of indicators that I still had hang-ups that I didn't know I had. And I can hear them from other people now and they're obvious, but... I was guilty of every one of them. You'll hear people talking about uh, things that the U.S. government is doing, and they'll say, why are we doing this? Or we should do that. Who the fuck is we? (laughs) Stanhope had that bit about his buddy saying, we kicked Germany's ass in World War II. And he's like, we did that? You and I kicked Germany's ass? How drunk did I get last night? (laughs) I remember going through Wendy's drive-thru, and after that it got a little fuzzy, but you you say we saved fucking Europe from the Third Reich? Holy shit. (laughs) I don't remember that at all. (laughs) If you're still saying we when referring to things that the U.S. government does, Maybe you're still working on viewing each person as an individual who is responsible for their own actions. Now, I know it's a habit, but it's a bad habit. And if you're still doing it long after you know that's a false viewpoint, ask yourself why. If you have any other response than laughter at reading some headline about a court granting rights, then you're probably still under the impression that that's possible. If you still come across an article about some retarded legislation that blatantly disregards individual rights and you're angry at the judges or legislators who support it, ask yourself why you're angry. Are you still hung up on thinking that their voices matter? The only thing you should have to think about when you hear about tyrannical legislation is what your response will be to it if it ever lands in your lap. Do you just presume that you'll be helpless against it? Are you subconsciously wallowing in your hopelessness and relishing it, or do you go about making plans to defend yourself from it? These are hang-ups that we've all had. If you're still saying things like, they're taking our right to do whatever, then... Do you even know what the fuck rights are and where they come from? Rights are inalienable. Government is not capable of taking away your rights. They cannot be taken. They cannot be given. They can be violated or they can be defended. That's what inalienable means. You see that meme all the time about how licenses and permits are government taking away your rights and then selling them back to you. And while I understand what they're talking about, that statement is based on the logical fallacy that it's possible to take away rights. So no, they're not taking away your rights and then selling them back to you. They're threatening to violate your rights if you don't pay them money. If I kidnap you, I may have stolen your freedom. I did not steal your right to be free. I just violated that right. They can't take your gun rights but they might take your guns. (laughs) But if you're still using that terminology, then how well do you understand rights? A lot of times we treat voluntarism as if it's this one and done thing. Like we just decide to be a voluntarist and then we just don't have to work on ourselves or our psychology anymore. Now, a lot of that is just due to old habits dying hard, but not all of it. A lot of it is a Freudian slip where our true beliefs are coming to the surface in our language. And it can be a challenge to stop wishing you believed in voluntarism and fucking believe in voluntarism. And that every individual owns themselves. But being in an environment where those around you are voluntarists can make that process so much easier. And you don't even have to be talking about voluntarist ideas for that to happen because it spills over into every subject because it's based on a world view. Most of the things that we talk about aren't even directly related to voluntarism. We're just enjoying one another's company. But just like the statists all assume you're statist until you tell them different, we assume you're voluntarist until there's a reason to think otherwise and Even then, we're not going to jump down your throat because we've all been there. But if you really do want a voluntarist world, not just in theory, but in reality, you're going to have to start with a voluntarist cookout or a bonfire. That's how these ideas become normal. So let's start acting like we really do want the things we say we want and start getting to know the other voluntarists in our neighborhoods and creating events and reasons to get together and then actually showing up for them, (laughs) not just so we can create the networks we need to create to replace involuntary government, but also so we can just enjoy one another's company And maybe start believing in our fellow humans again. Instead of just being frustrated with the way the world is all the time. Uh, One last thing before I close here today. If you're paying attention at all to what's going on in the liberty movement. Then you're aware that Pete Quinones from the Free Man Beyond the Wall podcast. Is helping to create a documentary that's going to be on Netflix and Amazon Prime with the purpose of waking people up to exactly what the state really is and it's going to be called the monopoly on violence and I am super looking forward to uh, seeing that come out but I would like the Voluntucky project to be listed as one of the producers of the movie and this may do a lot for spreading the word about the project and all we need to do to do that is to contribute at least five hundred dollars to the making of the documentary. And uh, me and some other local friends have already made some smaller donations, but we want to get on that producer list. So I have edited the GoFundMe.com backslash the Voluntucky Project down to just the $500 needed for this. And you can help get us on that list of producers in the credits by contributing what you can before next Thursday, the 24th. And uh, DJ Vaught, who is one of the local uh, project enthusiasts, is going to be working on having a local theater viewing when it comes out, too. But that remains to be seen. I really hope he can make that happen. (laughs) But if you click on that GoFundMe link at Volantucky.com, you can contribute there uh, on the donate page. Uh, Or or if you'd like to contribute some other way, or if you want to send cryptocurrency, just message me on the Voluntucky Project page on Facebook, and we'll go from there. Uh, I will find a way to get your money to me. (laughs) Uh, I'll be sending whatever donations we get in next Thursday, the 24th, so that will need to be in by then, and I've got a really good feeling that we are going to make this happen. As of this recording, we have 10 subscribers to the website and 24 regular listeners, according to Anchor.fm, and 653 total downloads. When those numbers hit 100 subscribers and 500 regular listeners, I'll be announcing a free workshop in Somerset where those first official community members will be created. So... If you would ever consider becoming a Voluntucky community member, you can help speed up that process by subscribing to get email updates whenever a new blog post or podcast episode is released. And you can do that at Voluntucky.com as well. Um, please help the project grow by sharing the show links to all of your voluntariest and liberty-loving friends. And thank you for listening to this episode of Voluntucky the podcast that is all about creating a voluntarist world in Kentucky. And I'll talk to you again real soon.